Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Welcome to Golf Betting On Demand. I'm your host, Rick Gaiman, and this is usually the part of the show where I tell you that I'm going to be breaking down everything you need to know for this week's PGA Tournament. Now, of course, unless you've been living under a rock for the past few days or past few weeks, you know that there is not a PGA Tour Tournament this week. There is not a European Tour Tournament. There's not a LPGA Tour Tournament. There's really not many sports going on at all. Uh, The coronavirus and global pandemic that we are in has put a shutdown on sports for the time being. So what I want to do, not only this week, but in future weeks, is to, well, for this week specifically, cover where we're at. This has been going at such a breakneck pace that I'm not even sure everyone is completely aware of where golf currently stands and where it is going moving forward, or at least what I think it might be doing moving forward, because uh, it's it's been very hard to predict any situation over the course of the past couple of weeks. I will do my best to do that. And then also we'll dive into other topics. We might uh, go into future betting. We might just talk general strategies each week. If there's anything specific you want to hear about, now is the time. Tweet me at Rick Run Good and let me know. But uh, for now, I just want to get up to speed on where we stand with the tour, how the players' championship was impacted, and kind of where we go from here. So first of all, it was Thursday at the players' championship last week. You know, we're only a few days removed from that, where Hideki Matsuyama goes out and shoots a a 9-under 63. That ties the course record. He's got a two-shot lead. And... First of all, uh, depending on your book, you have maybe been paid out for first round leaders. So technically, uh, not every golfer finished. So I think there was three or four golfers who uh, did not finish before uh, before sunset, before it got too dark. So depending on your book, they might have paid out a Hideki bet or they might have just refunded everything. Uh, my book of choice did pay out first round leaders based on all but three or four guys finishing every other bet obviously uh was refunded because it was thursday around uh i want to say noon jay monahan the commissioner of the pga tour came out and said we are going to play the rest of the players championship and we are going to do it without fans and that was the the message thursday morning thursday afternoon Well, Thursday evening comes along and as this uh, coronavirus uh, story and and issue transformed quickly in front of our eyes, as every other major sporting organization said, we are going to halt, we are not going to play, the PGA Tour followed suit and Thursday night said the Players' Championship is canceled. All the players, all the staff, everybody else, pack it up, go home. Uh, so the players championship did not finish Hideki Matsuyama does not get credit for the win. Uh, fun little tidbit. They actually paid out half of the prize pool evenly to all of the golfers. So like every golfer in the field got, I don't know, $55,000, something to that effect, which is an interesting little tidbit of how the PGA tour and, and purses and things like that work. And not only was the players championship canceled, but the next few events were canceled as well. Uh, already canceled the Valspar championship, which would have been this week. That would be what we were talking about. The WGC match play at Austin country club, Corrales Punta Cana. That's the alternate event to the WGC match play that's canceled as well. And then the Valero Texas open. 
And this announcement came, you know, 10 hours after Jay Monahan, the commissioner of the PGA tour said, we will proceed with the players championship, but we will do so without fans. And to me, that is the perfect illustration of how quickly everything has changed in the last couple of days. You know, uh, the news that you had 24 hours ago seems to, seems to be irrelevant in this world. Uh, all of this moving so quickly at, at breakneck pace. So that is a kind of a really good illustration of what I mean by that. The PGA tour, uh, not that they really have the, the rights to do this, but you know, stopped short of canceling anything past the masters. So there was a, you know, eight hour period, uh, on, on, I guess it was Thursday night, uh, until Friday morning that we were kind of speculating very much what was going to happen with the masters. And because that's the next event after Valero Texas open in which the PGA tour had already canceled. And the, uh, the Augusta national did not make us wait much longer because Friday morning, first thing Friday morning, they dropped a statement that the masters has been postponed and the key word there being postponed and not canceled. We will talk about, uh, this later, but there is an assumption that if any, that if the master, like, like there's an assumption that the masters gets made up at some point, whether that is at the end of the season. Um, I mean, it might not happen at all, but I, I think the fact that it is postponed at least keeps the door open when a lot of these other tournaments, uh, are not able to, to postpone They're they're, they're canceled. They don't work in that way. So we'll talk more about Augusta national in a second. So then the event after the masters would be RBC heritage, um, which they released a statement. I don't even know what day it was at this point, but they released a statement basically after the masters released their statement and basically said, we are still preparing as if we are holding a tournament until we tell you otherwise. And obviously the situation is very fluid. That word keeps popping up, right? I will say it probably 10 or 15 times. Um, but clearly this is a very fluid situation that we're dealing with. We are in uncharted territories. No one really knows how to act. No one really knows what is coming, but the RBC heritage is continuing to act like they are holding a golf tournament. Um, I believe that is going to be much more difficult to do considering the fact that since then, uh, the CDC has come out and said any gathering of over 50 people should be canceled. That's the recommendation. There is not a, a law in place or it's not an enforcement in place as of right now. Uh, but that is the recommendation. So I believe what you are going to see as, as we've already seen across, across the globe and across the country is the mass cancellation of these events. And I believe, even though it is not official that the RBC heritage is coming up next, um, that eight week recommendation from the CDC would take us through the Wells Fargo championship on the PGA tour. So we would lose everything from players championship to Wells Fargo championship. And then I, I don't know, I don't know if an idea, if this is going to be assessed in three weeks, in four weeks, in five weeks, I don't know. I don't know if the tour is going to uh, honor this recommendation by the CDC, but just to kind of give you a timeline of where this is going, eight weeks out would get us through the Wells Fargo championship. A couple of quick notes about the PGA tour in general. Um, I am a firm believer. I don't know when it's coming back. I think it's very possible that we get through the entire season without any more golf. That is a non-zero possibility. Um, it's possible that we go eight, 12 weeks without golf and we come back in the fall and we just play whatever's left and, and we go on from there. I do think that while I'm not optimistic that sports are coming back anytime soon, I do believe that golf will probably be one of the first sports back. And the reason I say that is, and I mean that with or without fans, I think almost certainly when sports come back, they are going to do it without fans in attendance and they are just going to play games in empty arenas and empty stadiums and empty golf courses. That is how I feel it's going to go. But I do think they will be one of the first ones back because Quite honestly, they were one of the first or one of the last ones to to cancel. I, I think the pressure 
that the Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL put on the PGA Tour by not canceling, uh, it, it just became too much. And it's a really bad look if you are the only sports organization still running, the only major sports organization still running, while everyone else is saying, we are taking every precaution necessary, we're not going to play games, and the PGA Tour is saying, well, we're going to play. That's, that's a tough look, and I think public perception eventually starts to look poorly on you. So I think that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. And if that was not the straw that broke the camel's back, I think Rory McIlroy was. Uh, Rory McIlroy, after the Players' Championship round one, you know, all of these guys have been alerted. You're going to play uh, tomorrow without fans. You're going to play the rest of the weekend without fans. And of course, they did their press conferences with that being their knowledge. And, and Rory McIlroy essentially was making statements about, this is a tough look. It's a tough look to continue to play. And if any golfer or caddy or anyone around the tour was, was te- would test positive for coronavirus, uh, we'd have to shut the whole thing down. That, those are almost his exact words. We'd have to shut the whole thing down. And I really think that that allows, that forces the PGA Tour to kind of, to, to play their hand of canceling. But on, on the way of them being the first one back, they, I think it's going to be difficult for something like the, someone like the NBA to come back. The NBA has had multiple players test positive for the coronavirus. Uh, they have a sport that is in close proximity with one another. They're sweating on each other. They're touching each other constantly. The PGA Tour, in the case of them coming back first or coming back quickly, is that they, to this point, have not had a player or caddy or anyone associated with the tour test positive. That's a good sign. Um, they also have a sport that is played outdoors and, and competitors and everyone do not need to touch each other. Uh, you, you, I think they can do it without fans is probably the way it happens. So I think they will be when sports, you know, when the first sport that comes back and it will be interesting to see who the first one that comes back is, who says, okay, we're doing it. We're going with or without fans. I don't know what it's going to be. I think the PGA tour will be the first or will follow suit very quickly after they are in the best position to return. Okay, we're going to talk more about this. We're going to talk about a little bit of how this impacts betting and future bets and things like that. Um, But we'll get to that right after these words. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Golf Betting On Demand, and we are talking about how the world of golf, and quite frankly, the world, the sports world, the world, has been uh, flipped on its head since the last time we've talked, uh, the, the coronavirus has really accelerated and major sports organizations, including the PGA Tour, all over the world have uh, halted play. So how does that impact betting? Well, I mentioned uh, earlier in, in, earlier in the show that depending on your book for the players, you may or may not have been paid out on first round leader bets. Um, 
my my book paid out on them. So I I, I lost my first round leader bets because I did not have Hideki. Uh, all of my other bets for the Players Championship obviously refunded. I think that is how most books have dealt with it, but I do know there are some that uh, completely wiped the action. Said you know because three golfers did not finish. Uh, at the Players' Championship, we're just not counting this as a round. We're just refunding everything. But I was also looking at some of the, the futures tickets that I hold. Uh, and I've got, you know, I put a couple bets in uh, before the season started, back in December, on some majors. And, the you know, some of the things I have are, like, I have Justin Thomas at 20-1 to 1 to win the Masters, which is a number I still love. With the Masters postponed... This is really going to depend on your book. Uh, some books will scratch this and say the Masters is not going on in the first week of April like it normally is. We like we this is a this is a no action. We are refunding all of this, which would kind of stink, but I would understand it. Other books, I believe, are treating it as if and and along with some of these other major bets, as long as they happen in 2020 your bet is still valid, which I guess is a little bit better, uh, a little bit more fair. Now, playing a major in a different city or a different time of year um, is going to be different, right? Obviously, it could be different conditions. You might want to bet different guys, but uh, at least the books will honor that. Now, here, so like, for example, here, here this is the thing that gets really crazy. I have a Sung Im ticket to win the PGA championship at 140 to one. I believe he's now down to 40 or 66 at some places. Uh, this is obviously well before the season started, before he won, before he finished, what, second or third uh, a couple of weeks ago. So here's another thing that could happen. There is rampant speculation and, and not, I, I mean, this is just speculation that the PGA Championship is not going to happen. The PGA Championship, or at least it's not going to happen in its current form, because it's supposed to be held at Harding Park, which is in San Francisco, which is where there are some of the most, uh, like some of the areas in the country or the world that have the most cases of the coronavirus are in and around that area. So I think it would be very difficult for the PGA Tour in just, you know, what are they, six weeks away um, to actually try to hold this event. Uh, in San Francisco, and there has been rumblings that they would move the PGA Championship to another venue. Some of the rumblings have been to use TPC Sawgrass, which was just set up, ready to go for the players, have it ready to go and play it for the PGA Championship, especially now that we haven't even seen a completed tournament on TPC Sawgrass this year. It, It wouldn't even... It would be like the only tournament played there uh, this year. So that is uh, rampant speculation. I, I do not have a, a source behind that. It is not in, in no way official. But what I think it in, in includes is an interesting conversation about how books would treat this. So if I have a 140 to 1 bet on Sung Im at the PGA Championship, does that only count it if they play at Harding Park? I have no idea. I would prefer it if they moved to Sawgrass. And like, I think Sungjae would be better in Florida, uh, but I don't know if I would lose that ticket or not. So these are all the things that I cannot stress enough. We are in uncharted territory right now. Uh, I'm not going to get worked up one way or another. Like I love my Sungjae ticket right now. I still know it's a long shot for him to win any golf tournament, let alone the PGA championship, let alone whenever it happens. I'm not going to get worked up over this. If my book wants to cancel all the, all the PGA bets, PGA championship bets, all the future bets, that's fine. If they want to honor it, if it's in this year, that's fine. If they want to honor it, except, except if it changes courses, that's fine. I, I really... And trying to give everyone, the tour included, the benefit of the doubt that nothing like this has ever happened before. Um, there are, like, I say this with my business all the time. Like, I have contingency plans in place. Uh, but I do not have a contingency plan for global pandemic that shuts down the sports world. Or the world. And locks down a bunch of other um, 
you know, organizations and, and things like that. So I, I'm going to give everybody the benefit of the, of the doubt and see what happens. But these are the things that you should be aware of about your futures tickets. Okay. Uh, my futures ticket for the masters. I, I believe if we only see one major this year, it will be the masters for a few reasons. Um, the biggest of all is that it is not really PGA tour affiliated. I, I mean, sanctioned it's that's Augusta national. That's the club putting it on for touring professionals and hosting everything there. They control television. They, I mean, they control so much of that event. Um, and also it is an incredibly self sufficient organization. They might as well be in their own bubble down there. Um, they've, they've continued to buy more land around Augusta national. They've expanded parking lots. They've expanded structures. They've expanded everything around Augusta national golf club. And the way that they keep that course in shape, I honestly believe that you could give them as short of notice as possible and they could host the masters. Um, now, obviously, there are things to consider, like, are there going to be patrons? Are, you know, are they going to put grandstands up? The scheduling of it all. But I do think that in a vacuum, no organization is probably more apt to hold an event than Augusta National. That's not a knock against the PGA Tour. The PGA Tour travels around. They hold a tournament in every city, you know, one, one tournament every week in a different city. That's insane. Augusta, the masters only has to worry about one event and it's on their home turf and it's there. They don't have to travel. They don't have to do anything. That to me is the best situation. So I do believe that if we were to see a major this year, it would be the masters, which I think makes people happy when we see it, um, is certainly going to be an interesting topic of conversation because that, that first full week of, of April is historic. Uh, traditionalists want to drive down Magnolia Lane with the azaleas blooming and they want the course to play the same way as it does in, you know, for Bobby Jones, as it will for Tiger Woods this year, right? Um, that's the tradition behind the masters and so many things about it are traditional, but I think we have to realize we are, we are past tradition at this point. We are looking for, uh, solutions to get as much golf as possible and to get the masters in. No one like no one's rooting against the masters being played this year. Um, so I, I think that all of the forces are in place to, to have that event be played. Now, as a lot of uh, observant spectators have, have noted playing Augusta national in the summer is going to be tough. Those, uh, those greens, those fairways, they burn out in the summer, which really kind of makes it a little bit unplayable and they close in the summer. They actually close in the summer. So it's not like, uh, they are used to having the course open, let alone for the, the largest golf tournament on the face of the earth. So the next thing is, okay, do we play it in like October at the end of the PGA tour season, assuming the PGA tour season is back by then? Well, I guess you could, but now do those points count for the FedEx cup? Do they like, are you getting standings? Is that part of this season? Is it part of next season? Is it not part of a season at all? Like maybe maybe the season ends in September and then you start the new season with the masters and you have a masters in October. And then you have another masters, the 2021 masters in April and you have two masters in six months. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, that's a possibility or, uh, you don't get a masters at all this year and we just skip it. Uh, or it's just kind of like it's standalone thing. Like, so what I could see actually is because the tour might not want to mess up the whole FedEx cup standings, the whole FedEx cup, FedEx cup points thing is the season ends in September as it normally does. And then we play potentially the majors just as kind of like one-off prestige events. They won't count for the standings. They, they will still pay out their prize pools, but they'll be like, but they also won't be part of the new season. They'll just be like, Hey, he won this golfer won the 2020 masters. Uh, but like it didn't count towards his FedEx cup points. It just was like a one-off event, almost like the Olympics, which we will talk about later. Um, so that's really tough. The, the other issue is there are no weeks off for the tour. You, you know, you've got, um, 
basically every week something's going on so it's not like you can just replace these tournaments that you are missing out on with other tournaments. there's nowhere to put them uh, so you either tack them on to the end of the year or you forget about them all together so that's kind of where we're at um it's obviously a very tricky situation golf tournaments are not easy to put on they take months and months and months of preparation they take a lot of people to uh you know a lot of volunteers they take a lot of all of that to put on let alone just figuring out a time where the schedule works with the rest of the world's golfers right and not even to throw in the fact that now we've got travel restrictions okay and now we've got international golfers trying to get back over here to the united states it is just uh a job i do not envy of who is going to fix this and how it's going to be uh, done i don't think the people in charge know how and that's not a knock against them it's just that we are very much in unchartered territories okay uh more on this right after these words dailyrodo.com learn from the game's best dfs players we don't just give you premier advice we play every day all major sports all year round we never stop industry-leading dfs tools and custom projections and now the dailyrodo.com optimizer in minutes build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys learn from the game's best dfs players join dailyrodo.com Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Welcome back to Golf Betting On Demand. The world of golf is upside down and it's on hiatus and we don't know when it's coming back. So this episode of Golf Betting On Demand is kind of get you up to date on everything that you need to know around the current golf hiatus as well as any bet impact. So we kind of talked through futures, we talked through the players championship and how those might be treated and just trying to figure out when the next time we might see golf is or we might see sports is and i mentioned how the events that have already been canceled for this year highly unlikely they're ever made up just because of how packed the schedule is uh, the pga tour season is already slammed and you know two years ago or last year they made it even more compact where there is a, a big event every month then you throw in the fact that this is an olympic year and it's even more packed now the olympics let me tell you um i've not heard word about the olympics yet i cannot imagine a world in which the olympics happens uh i believe it's in july so i guess we're still a ways away where we don't you know the, uh, the olympics don't have to make any decisions but especially if the rest of the sports world uh is not playing or there are still you know significant issues around the world i could not even imagine the terrible public relations nightmare uh, and disaster that would go into hosting an olympics where you are literally flying in athletes coaches fans from hundreds of countries all around the world to japan which is one of the largest epicenters of the coronavirus outbreak. Uh, I don't think there is any way the Olympics happen. So in the world of golf, uh, you know, Dustin Johnson had already said he was not going to play. Uh, the, the current team, I believe, was like Webb Simpson, 
Xander Shoffley, Brooks Kepka, and Cantlay. Maybe that that was the team. Um, Tiger Woods was like on the outside looking in. He had already withdrawn from the Players' Championship. It was probably unlikely he was going to qualify for that team anyway. So it is going to be a little unfortunate that not only are we probably not going to see the Olympics, but we're not going to see Tiger there. I don't think that's ever going to happen. And also now, you know, it's been a hundred years since, you know, in 2000 and what was that? 16. It was like a hundred years since golf was in the, in the Olympics and Justin Rose won the gold medal. But remember there were concerns about the Zika virus in Brazil and Roy McIlroy said he wasn't going to go. Like a lot of golfers decided they weren't going to play. And it felt like this was going to be the first year where we were going to get a golf Olympics where for the most part, everyone was going to play. There was no reason not to. And now we're going to have another uh, virus or I don't even know what the, yeah, the Zika virus uh, that is probably going to put a cloud on the Olympic games in general and specifically the golf games, which is obviously what we're, what we're talking about here. So um, really unfortunate there. I, I just, I just cannot imagine a world in which even if the Olympics happen, that a vast majority of these golfers are not going there. Like I, I, I just, I don't envision it. So with that being said, uh, I think we need to prepare ourselves for this to be a weird year, a very weird year. Okay, 2020, it's already weird, right? We're already going to have a year where five events are canceled and the Masters is postponed. And it, by the time this is over, it will probably be more than that. It will probably be more than five events. We might not see a Masters. We might not see a major at all. So I think we need to embrace that this is going to be a weird year and we got to roll with it. Um, I think there's a chance that this year is... Remember like the NBA shortened season where they either came back from a strike and played or they played and then went on strike. I can't remember, but the Spurs won the title. They must've, they must've been on strike and then they, and then they came back and played and they played 44 games. I believe it was. And the Spurs won the title and there's always kind of like an asterisk there. Like we don't like, like the Spurs still have that title. That's theirs. We're not saying it's not, they beat everybody else. They had the best record. They won the playoffs. But we're like, that was a shortened season. So like, there's a chance this season ends right now. And like, probably Rory McIlroy is your player of the year again, right? Like it's, it's kind of crazy. He could, he could be the player of the year twice in a, you know, couple months span because we might not get another, uh, another golf tournament for the rest of the year. If it, if this does come back, there's going to be implications for the FedEx cup, for the playoffs. There's going to be missed events. Um, it really is just kind of like unprecedented. These, these decision makers are going to have to make some really tough decisions. So I'm, I'm okay with it being weird, but here's, here's a couple of things. Um, there was a really good article. I believe it was on golf.com by Luke Kerr Deneen, who talked about one unified major, not calling it anything else, just one unified major. And this is something that was actually done in war times where they had canceled basically all of the, the big golf tournaments and uh, a lot of the golfers were overseas and just not a lot of people were getting out. Obviously, they were at war. And I believe it was 1942 where all the golfers got together for one event and it was basically like its own um, its own major, right? And it's, it, it, you know, you, you don't get, you, maybe there's a purse for it. It doesn't get counted as a PGA Tour win, but it's like one chance for everyone to get together somewhere. Augusta National. Don't call it the Masters. You don't have to call it the Masters. Call it something else. It's this unified major where it's like, hey, you won this. You won the one major that was here in 2020 as a way to kind of put a bow on everything. And if you, the, the idea that I like around this is that you basically say like if you take the masters now and, and postpone it and play it later because we know the masters exists we say okay well how does that fit into the season if this is just a one-off event for this year because we've never had anything like this before you add an event that to me makes sense right and it just it happened one year this guy won it. That was a really weird year. And now the next year is back to normal. Like that to me makes so much more sense than just saying, okay, um, 
we're going to play one major. There was another, there was another line in, in Luke's article where he said, it's hard to have one major without the others. And I agree. You know, we know majors is four. They're a four pack. It's hard to have one without the others. And how do you choose which one? So this unified major idea, I, I really like, and actually I want it to be match play. I think it would be so cool to take the top, um, you know, 128 golfers in the world, something like that, because you got to do it bracket style, or you could do more and you can give out buys, have them play down for a match play bracket style championship for this one unified major of 2020. That would be awesome. I would, not only would we get to see a format that is, honestly, that's like what real golf is. Like if you go out and play with your buddy on the weekend, you're, you might be playing match play. You're probably not playing stroke play. Um, we only get it once a year for the WGC, which we're not going to get this year. So it, it's a really mono mono way to play golf. I think it would be very well received and it would be brand new. So it wouldn't have to live up to any expectations. It wouldn't have to have any legacy or history. It could be a one-off event for this year. The final thing about that unified major or about just kind of the uh, situation that we're in right now. And this is also a, a tweet from Luke, Luke Kerdanine of golf.com. He listed out the majors and, and the current issues that they're under. Um, so the masters, uh, right now is postponed indefinitely. The PGA championship, while well, the CDC has recommended cancellations of all events with 50 or more people for the next eight weeks, that would cover the PGA championship. And also it's in San Francisco, which is currently under a shelter-in-place policy or guideline. So that's not good. The U.S. Open, Wingsfoot, that is a venue that is currently surrounded by a one-mile containment zone. And the Open Championship, there there, there are travel travel bans all over the place between countries in Europe and the U.S. And, like, who even knows how they get there? So when you read off the majors like that and you say, oh, my gosh, okay, how, how are any of them going to play be played this year i'm not sure they are quite frankly but it looks like a very um it looks like a very dire situation to be quite frank so when you you put it like that i think it's an easy transition to say you know what guys maybe we just don't have majors this year we come back and we finish the season whenever we can if it's in august fine We finish out the last couple of weeks and we go from there. But to have one major without the others is kind of hard. So you have this unified major at the end of the year after the season. It could be in December. It doesn't really matter just to kind of put a bow bow tie on this really weird, unheard of, unfathomable, unchartered territory that we've been in for for this year and this season. And it's also even more difficult because the PGA Tour season does not coincide with the year, right? Like, you know, the, the new season's going to start in, what, October? Uh, so it's like, it's really weird to kind of reconcile how the world, how the world of sports and how the world of golf are going to figure all of this out. And I'm sure next week, a thousand things are going to be different, right? There's going to be a million things that have changed in just a week's time or just a few days time. And maybe we're talking about all different things, but this is kind of currently where we stand in the world of golf. Um, What I also want to do is kind of look at um, obviously how this kind of impacts Tiger Woods, because he's always the storyline. This, this, this hiatus for him, I've, I've heard described as, as both a blessing and a curse. Uh, So we'll kind of talk about that and then we'll put a bow on, what we're looking forward, you know, moving forward, uh, maybe get a little bit creative on what the tour could do uh, for the rest of the year and for the rest of the season. And we're going to get to those right after these words. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. 
Welcome back to Golf Betting On Demand, the golf hiatus episode. So just to get you back up to date, the things that we've talked about thus far, uh, golf and the world of sports and, and the world a lot of places all over due to the coronavirus are on hold. The PGA Tour, the European Tour, the LPGA all on a hiatus, Corn Ferry Tour, any basically any tour, uh, you name it, they're not playing golf. For the PGA Tour, it is at least for four weeks. They've canceled everything between now, uh, so the end of the Players' Championship did not finish, canceled the Valspar, canceled the WGC match play, canceled Corrales Punta Cana, canceled the Valero Texas Open, and the Masters is postponed. So officially, the next event on the PGA Tour calendar schedule is the RBC Heritage. That's, what, six weeks away? Uh, pretty hard pressed to think that's going to happen, especially now that the CDC is, uh, recommending that all events over 50 people for the next eight weeks are canceled. So we might be in for a bit of a long haul here. Uh, but the PGA tour is not going to play golf. Uh, that actually reminds me for a second, uh, the PGL remember this, uh, you know, premier golf league that wanted to function and be a rival of the PGA tour. They wanted to uh, steal kind of golfers away and pay them big sums of money in appearance fees and have, you know, four man teams and have three round tournaments that only had 66 players in them. Uh, that seems like it's dead because Rory McIlroy, Brooks Kepka, John Rahm and Bubba Watson, one of these names is not like the other, all came out and said, uh, no go for me. Uh, I will not be joining the PGL. Uh, thank you, but no thank you. I'm going to stick with the PGA Tour. So without any stars, it is unlikely that the, P the PGL ever gets off the ground. Now, I will say this. Competition is good. Competition is good for the league. And with even though the PGL uh, has not gotten off the ground and looks like it will not be getting off the ground, maybe some of these ideas are just enough to seep into the PGA Tour ecosystem. It will be difficult. Uh, appearance fees on the PGA Tour will be difficult. Guaranteed paydays, even if you don't make the cut, will be difficult. Uh, there is a tradition in the PGA that is long overdue uh, for a, a reboot, but that's kind of where we're at right now. Uh, so I don't think these golfers are going to get as, but, but, you know, being able to pick their own schedules more often, uh, I think there will be more, I don't want to I don't know what the word is perks for the better players in the world coming up. The ones that the tour uses to sell TV rights, to sell tickets to tournaments. Uh, I think they will be compensated a little bit differently moving forward, whether it's financially or just in some other perks, but, uh, enough of that. The PGL does not have Tiger Woods either, and Tiger Woods is kind of one of the most interesting situations that is coming out of this hiatus. Um, you know, Tiger already withdrew. I shouldn't say withdrew. He did not commit to the Players' Championship because of a bad back. You know, the, the storyline from his agent, the quote from his agent was, the back is just not ready. It's not where he wants it to be. In theory, a hiatus... Uh, of, of this type is probably good for ailing Tiger Woods and his back. It will allow him plenty of time to get right without missing any tournaments. Now, on the flip side of that, this is still a ticking clock. If the entirety of the PGA Tour season uh, does not happen, you're looking at a Tiger Woods who is now one year older right? He's already in his mid forties. Uh, he's not getting any younger. The backs, the body is not getting any, uh, any less. I don't know what the word is. You know, uh, it's, it's going to continue to hurt. Um, adding another year of that is probably not a good thing for Tiger Woods. And also Tiger Woods is playing a numbers game right now. He's chasing 83, the all time win record by Sam Snead. He's currently at 82. He's tied. He's chasing 18 major championships. He's currently at 15, right? With his uh, recent Masters victory. It's a numbers game now. He needs to play tournaments to win tournaments. He needs to play majors to win majors. If you go an entire year without even having a major championship or having one of them, 
the odds are going to significantly decrease that Tiger ever passes Jack Nicklaus. So I do think that this is a short-term, very small win for Tiger Woods at his back, able to get right. But long-term, the legacy of Tiger might not be, he might not have gotten to, he probably wasn't going to get to Jack anyway, Jack's 18 anyway. But this, I feel like almost cements it if we don't play a major for the rest of the year. Uh, how many more years can Tiger stay in this condition? We're already seeing him break down again. You know, we entered 2020 where Tiger Woods was going to be the defending Masters champion. He already won the Zozo Championship. This was going to be the year of Tiger Woods, and we were going to have a great rebound. It was going to be awesome. Um, I shouldn't even say rebound. You know, he won early. This was just like it was going to be full steam ahead. He's got this all figured out, and he goes out. Plays terribly at the Genesis, finishes, uh, I mean, he made the cut, but almost finished dead last after that. And then you get to, uh, you know, the player's championship and he can't even tee it up. That That is a really tough place to be for Tiger with as high of expectations as we had for him coming into the year to already be here probably does not bode well on, uh, you know, the rest of this year and maybe years moving forward. I want to get a little creative here because we've been kind of chatting around the golf industry about what the tour should do with things like FedEx cup points. You know, we're going to have a bunch of events here that should have, should be giving out FedEx cup points and they're not right. I mean, should we scrap the FedEx cup for this year? Should we not crown a champion? I guess it depends on how many events that we miss, but if you, um, like, like you, you can't, you also just cannot distribute the points that are supposed to be given out right now, because if you just don't distribute them, what you're going to do is you're going to overly reward the golfers who played in the swing season, uh, which quite frankly, the tour probably doesn't want to do because you're going to get a tour championship that does not include a lot of big names. You're going to get a tour championship that is Lonto Griffin, Sebastian Munoz, Brendan Todd, Cameron Champ. That's not necessarily good for business. So what I think the uh, tour needs to do so that they do not uh, over overvalue the guys who played in the swing season or undervalue the guys who started their years later in the year. Some guys don't even start playing until the Florida swing and now the Florida swing didn't even finish. They need to just take those points and distribute them evenly. Okay. So if there's, you know, 500 points in a week, and there was a hundred and or 200. I mean, it's probably 200 golfers because you, you don't know who would play each event. Everybody gets what two and a half points, something like that for every event that you've missed. And I know it's a little bit, but it at least does not allow the golfers who have already banked a bunch of points to stay so far ahead of everyone. And then for the guys who have not played to just bank nothing. I mean, it, it might end up being 30 FedEx cup points, which is not a whole lot, but we see you know, the, the differences of, um, of golf, like, like the differences in spots in the playoffs is decided by a half a point at the end of the year. So I do think it is important for the tour to keep all of that in order. Uh, now we'll see, we'll see what they do. We'll see if they, they might just, uh, my personal opinion is whenever golf comes back, uh, I think it should be a new year. I think that we should just end this year, put an asterisk on it. Uh, start the new year whenever they come back and roll it into the swing season. So if they come back in in August, you play the three events at the end of the year, that's the first three events of the season, and you just roll through the new swing season and you get back on track in 2021. Uh, that would probably be the way that I do it, although I am not the commissioner. So uh, we, will, we will see how all of this goes. Um, one thing I have been doing, and I think this is kind of interesting for betting purposes moving forward, is... I've been keeping a close eye on these guys on Instagram and uh, Twitter and seeing what they're doing. For example, these guys are still playing golf, right? I mean, you've got um, Justin Thomas was out playing with Ricky Fowler the other day. Justin Thomas shoots a 65 and Ricky Fowler goes out and shoots a 60. Like, whew, yeah, that's that's the content I want to see. I want to see how these guys are actually playing uh, during this downtime because they're going to play and they're going to be on their simulators and they're going to be on their track men and they're going to be working out. Um, I want to see the guys that are continuing their workout, uh, and continuing to play so that that first week when we come back, we'll know 
you know, who's played recently or who's just been sitting on the couch uh, watching Real Housewives of Orange County. Shout out Max Homa, who was doing that the other day. Um, so that's the kind of stuff I'm looking for. Obviously, not very quantitative. Uh, we don't have the full picture, but I do think it is something of at least 1% interest. Okay, that's about it. I, I mean, I, I want to encourage you as we kind of come to the close here. One more time. 2020 is already weird. We have never really seen a year where, at least in our lifetimes, you know, in non-war times, where events have been canceled at a scale in which they are currently being canceled, that the world is at a standstill um, in a way that it is currently, and in a worldwide game of golf, that is going to put a lot of strain on your organization. So I will say this, it's going to be weird. It's already weird. Embrace the weird. Uh, don't get upset. You've got futures. I've got futures. Uh, if they, if they play, they play. If they don't, they don't. We will be here to talk about golf every week. And when betting comes back, when tournaments come back, we will be making wagers on them. I just want you to kind of put things into perspective, take some time off because I will tell you this, when the ball is back in the air, that first tee shot, the first week we're back is going to be incredible. The first tee shot at the Masters, whenever that is, the next Masters, when we're back, is going to be incredible. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to talking more golf with you over this hiatus. We can do so on Twitter, at Rick Run Good. Don't hesitate to reach out. But this has been Golf Betting On Demand, and I'll see you next time. DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital360.